Ja. Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is February 27th, the last Sunday in February. We're two months through this year already, Richie, but uh, yeah. Double Fries No Slaw. How's it going? What, how's your weekend so far? What's going on? Um, not much going on really this weekend. So it's it's been nice. Spent most of yesterday kind of just relaxing until the uh, Florida State game came on against Virginia. I'm sure we'll we'll get into that exciting finish right there um today you know we'll finish up here then i'm heading to the grocery store and it's been frustrating this weekend because uh again not political at all but i i live in orlando about five minutes from where cpac is so like the traffic and security has been really annoying this week i thought you were gonna say it's frustrating going to the grocery store um well it is I when, like when it's you, so frustrating you have doing a line that of police just because it literally the publics we go to is right across the street from shingle creek where they're having that so oh. it, it's just been a pain all week so so the grocery store is just frustrating for me because, again, not trying to get political, but like things are more expensive right now. So like I yeah. legitimately went to, bro. I spent. Um, this is not like a flex. Like this is not like an no. expensive buy. But like, I spent four hundred dollars at Costco last week. Like I just wanted to like <laughs> drive my car into oncoming traffic. Like I was just so like I could not believe that I spent that much. But like we just bought like what we normally buy. So anyway, another topic for another day. But. Uh, Speaking of food, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. I told you I was going to go get Guthrie's. I got it while I was up there, but I didn't go by the store. Check this out. I went to the FSU baseball game on Friday. Um, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but FSU, some folks at FSU – Related to FSU reached out to me and they said like, Hey, we want to, um, you know, we want to cater our, our event at the baseball game with Guthrie's. Can you give us your contact there? And so I gave the contact Guthrie's hooks them up completely, like a hundred percent, like right. catered the event. I was going to the event. And so like, they were like, yeah, if, if it has to do with those double fries guys, like we'll take care of them. No big <laughs> deal. So like I walk in and there's, Chicken everywhere, fries everywhere. They brought toast. I mean, you know, if you were at the tailgate, they have a ton, they bring a ton of slaw. So shout out to the good folks at Guthrie's for hooking up the event. I didn't even have to go get any. Like they just had it. So I just texted the guy this morning and said, like, dude, thank you for doing that. Thanks for hooking it up. That chicken still slaps. That I, yeah. I ate way too much chicken. And you can just, man, when it's just out like that. Because I'm like, I'm not crushing fries. I know the same this show. I'm not crushing fries at an event, but I will continuously. I probably had 10 chicken dinners. That's so the problem when it's eating them. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Like at, at the Notre Dame tailgate, when we had it, typically if I'm going to Guthrie's, I'm getting, you know, a five piece at most. Mm -hmm. um, I probably had 15 in the hours leading up heading into Doak just because they're sitting there in the. You can always just grab one tenders. more. And they don't always grab. Yeah. yeah. And they don't go bad. Like I wasn't trying to eat a bunch after the game when they've been sitting out for 12 hours, but after two, right. three hours, they're still really good. Yeah. They had the warmers, dip them in that sauce. So anyway, shout out to the good folks at Guthrie's. Go by there if you're in Tallahassee. I was actually talking. I went by. Well, so I was in so while I was up there, I went to a, a good number of sporting events while I was up there. I feel like everybody was in town, minus the men who will get to men's hoops team who we'll get to in a minute, but everyone else was in town. It felt like. And so I was talking with some of the athletes on the, uh, 
on the tennis um, team and telling them to, to hit Guthrie's today after their match, which again, we'll, we'll talk about all that in just a minute, but we'll jump into the show. We'll talk a little bit about what we got going on today. Um, Richie, start us off. Um, some news came from the city of Tallahassee this week. Will have an impact on Florida State and specifically the football program. But uh, what happened in Tallahassee today? Today, yeah, so this I week, feel, not today. I feel like it's something we've been keeping an eye on for the past few months, knowing these votes would happen. Uh, the blueprint bill that would, uh, you know, it's over $100 million spread out throughout different entities throughout the city of Tallahassee, and $20 million of that will be going to Dope Campbell Stadium for renovations, improvements, et cetera. Uh, really a hot topic of debate. You know, it, the most recent vote before this one wasn't great news. I think it was 7 5 um, with people thinking that this may end up flipping and not getting the majority vote it needed. Um, but it stayed strong, held at 7 5 again of, you know, city commissioners, mayors, et cetera. Uh, so Florida State will get that funding. Some people are upset about it. But again, it's when you think about it, Tallahassee, Dope Campbell Stadium is the premier venue for a lot of events. So you definitely want that to be, you know, up to the standards that it needs to. So uh, obviously we're Florida state fans. We're happy to take, you know, $20 million of, you know, Gators and Canes taxpayer taxpayer dollars. Uh, but I do think it was needed. And, you know, I, I can't get into the, int in the details of it because I don't understand how the vote happened, what they're voting on, et cetera. I just know it passed in favor of Florida state. I'm sure you saw that. I know you guys have been keeping an eye on that in the spaces as well. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, people are going to be divided on everything um, in this country, whether it's, you know, obviously politics, but everything down to like the price of chicken and how much wings are now. So, you know, you're not going to have a massive vote like in the city and people not be divided about it. But at the end of the day, it passed. And so whether you were for or against it, you know, I don't live in the city of Tallahassee, so it, it's hard for me to say that I was super for or against anything. At the end of the day, Florida State is going to be able to use the money to renovate Doak. And it be very structural, um, needed type things. This is not like for luxury suites or, you yeah. know, to to put in um, any kind of uh, any kind of luxury type thing, right? Like it's it's a hundred percent for structural improvements. Yeah, they're not to getting Doke a bigger jumbotron or anything right. like that. Yeah. So you know, a needed um, needed money needed. You know, and I understand if you're kind of on the other side of it and thought that it shouldn't have gone them, then, yeah, that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, it is. And so good for Florida State and good. It'll benefit the, the football program and, you know, those that go to games at Dill Campbell. So um, that's really all I have to say about that. So, yeah, it's, I don't it's like, not I don't the first time. Too many of you. No, it's not the first time we've done something like this, right? A lot of the classrooms, I, I was a communications minor. Um, and a lot of the classrooms around uh, that are inside Dope Campbell Stadium were funded uh, from taxpayer dollars many years ago. But again, that was for actual education. <laughs> Some people were upset because, oh, they just want to make the football stadium look nicer. Well, that was part of it. But the real thing was for classrooms, which any student at Florida State can tell you that there is there's never a um, uh, oversupply of space when it comes to campus as far as, you know, classrooms and all that stuff goes. So. End of the day, happy it got done. And like you said, it people are going to be upset, which is fine. Again, we're not Tallahassee residents, so hard to you know get too happy, too upset either way. Um, so what I also heard and what I saw me and different people talking about was um Chris at 247. Was that this similar thing happened for um FAMU? Um you know, in other stadiums in the in the city and stuff. And so once that kind of can of worms got opened up, this was 
a sure thing to kind of go through for, for FSU. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, all right, moving on from that spring practice begins March 5th. So next Saturday, it's coming quickly. I can't believe it's going to be March 5th already, like within a week, but that's what happens when you only have 28 days in a month. Uh, February always flies by. Uh, I feel like January is the longest month, probably because we do the whole 30 every January, but February always feels like, wait, wait, we just started February last week. Like, how is it already over? Spring practice begins within a week. I saw some schools, Mizzou uh, started spring practice yesterday, so a little bit early. Um, so it's definitely that time of the year. It's exciting for sure. It's something that we all look forward to. Um, what are the biggest question marks for you uh, within, just on the team in general, right? whether that be a position group, hopefully not like a side of the ball or the schedule. What are the biggest, what's like the biggest question mark for you heading into spring? Like, what do you want to kind of see or know about? Yeah. I mean, there's several things to keep an eye on. Obviously spring football is typically, you know, the most exciting thing is when there's a quarterback battle, right? We don't have that this year, but I think just as important is to see what develops behind Jordan Travis. Um, you know, a, Obviously, you have Tate Roadmaker and uh, A.J. Duffy in there now. You need a capable backup. And uh, from what we saw from Roadmaker last year, he he wasn't that guy. Can he take those step forwards? Um, getting what I assume will be most of the second team reps now, so he's not kind of buried on the in the depth chart like he was last year. So uh, seeing if he can take that step, to, and Mike Norville needs to see, is he capable, or do I need to start preparing Duffy with the twos in case Travis does go down? Just the way he plays it, it's, it's hard to see him, you know, not missing a, a series the entire season. So I'm really interested to see what that looks like and related, you know, the passing game as a whole, we have all these transfers coming in and we'll, we'll talk newcomers in a second, but it, yeah. it's going to be interesting. And it's spring ball is tough because uh, once you really start getting your timing down, you get on the same page as your receivers spring balls over. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that continues into summer, but you know, seeing what these, some of these new guys look like, but if Florida State can develop a passing game and have a capable backup, I think that'll do wonders for the offense. So that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me right now is the wide receiver room, just because there was so much um, added there. Um, I was talking with Josh the other day. What if I told you that the 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 position group that there was the most certainty around on the offensive side of the ball would be the offensive line? You probably called me crazy two years ago. Uh, but I do think that uh, – you know, I feel really good about the offensive line, some of the transfers they've brought in. But, you know, running back's a question with um, uh, Jay Sean leaving. Um, and you've got some young guys there that can step up and hopefully will step up. You brought a transfer from Oregon. But, you know, you look at um, wide receiver and how much different that room is. And then just can Travis stay healthy? Is there a capable backup that Florida State goes after or develops from within? And so, yeah, on the offensive side, it's kind of figuring all that out. What kind of impact is Burst going to make? I mean, we we heard the reports in spring ball last year that Jermaine Johnson was every bit as good as advertised, if not better. I don't know that Jermaine – I'm sorry, I don't know that Jared Burst is going to – I just don't know what kind of impact he's going to make in the spring to where we hear about that or not. But I do think that that's something that's very interesting to hear about, the impact that guys like Tatum Bethune make. Kalen Deloach showed a ton at the end of last year, DJ Lundy. What's that linebacker room look like? Obviously, you want to hear about each of those. But, again, trumping all of that to me is the wide receiver room. You took in four wide receiver transfers. That is a completely different group. You've got some guys in Helton and uh, Wilson that are coming back and, and should make an impact. 
Uh, I've walked by Cam McDonald. Obviously, you're going to kind of loop tight ends in with um, um, wide receivers or pass catchers or wideouts or whatever. But I walked by Cam McDonald yesterday. What kind of impact does that receiving core make? Um, like you said, is there enough time in the spring to really get it? Obviously, those guys are going to have to do a lot of individual type workouts and stuff like that where they're just kind of going out, throw, tossing the ball around and nothing kind of um, official, you know, during the summer and stuff. But that's the biggest to me, that's the biggest question mark on the team, because we expect the wide receiver room to be better. I expect Jordan Travis to take another step forward. And if he can stay a little more healthy this year and play in more games, that's going to be a big thing. I think that with Travis's running and kind of the committee of running backs, I think running backs will be fine. But what kind of impact do the guys that return and the new wide receivers that we brought in, what kind of impact do they make? That's to me, that's going to be the key to the offense is if those wide receivers take a step, I, I feel pretty good everywhere else. I, I think Travis is very capable. His advanced metrics and his stats last year tell you that when he's in there, he gives Florida State a chance to win every single week, whether they're playing Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida, Miami, it didn't matter who it was. They were in all of those games and had a chance to win each of them. And so what's that wide receiver room look like? That's the biggest question to me right now. It's going to be the biggest question in the fall. It's probably going to be the biggest question week, you know, week one against LSU. You know, I think we'll run a lot against Duquesne week zero. But, you know, that, that wide receiver is going to be a question to me until it's answered. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that's really beneficial this year, it, for the first time since probably 2017 with DeAndre Francois, there's not – you know, an open quarterback battle, right? You know who your starter is going to the season. They didn't bring someone else in uh, to come in and compete in the spring. So I, I think having one quarterback taking all the reps with the first team is going to help those receivers kind of grow with that continuity as opposed to previous years. You're splitting between whether it's Francois Blackman, you know, Milton and, and Travis, um, you know, we've never had a solidified quarterback heading into a season again, since 2017 with Deandre Francois and we all know week one, he goes down. So it that oh, kind of, to my point, tough. Um, it, finding a backup is going to be just as important. And, and I think th that might be one of the biggest battles I'm watching is the backup QB battle because we know who the starter is, right? Um, you mentioned linebackers. Uh, that's going to be interesting. You know, Brennan Gant to Florida state announces moving to linebacker. Dennis Briggs is moving to defensive end. Um, interested to see how that works out because Gantt, obviously, he's a freak athlete. It's just finding a place for him on the field with a skill set, and this might be a, kind of it for him. If see if linebacker works out. If not, you know, he may be a, a portal candidate. We'll see uh, at the end of spring and see if he wants a, a new place. But obviously, the hope is with Boone coming in, that you know, Dix coming back, Lundy, um, you know, Dix. We need to see something out of him as well. So the linebackers that uh, you feel okay about the bodies, but you got to see it come together. So Randy Shannon, you know, he'll have his hands full there. Um, but at least you have the bodies that you're not looking at this roster like we have in previous years and said, oh my goodness, that entire position group is, is just an extreme liability. There's definitely the potential that some of them could be liabilities, but there's none that you're terrified. You know, previous years you go in, you're like, man, the offensive line could be okay, but if they have one injury, we're done. And then you have three injuries by week three. So you, you're not feeling that. So the roster is coming together. Obviously the top talent's not there, but seeing it, you know, what, how these um, position changes, what happens there with, with Briggs moving outside, they obviously feel really good about the inside with Coop, um, Fabian Lovett, all of those guys coming back. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. I've, most springs I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever, but this spring I, I'm definitely going to be following it and trying to see what is this thing going to look like come week zero. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, we talked about it, Florida State returns um, as far as production returning and power or, uh, FBS transfers coming in. 
they they returned the eleventh most of any of the 130 FBS programs that exist. And so, you know, not top 10, but essentially a top 10 level, uh, yeah. you know, you're talking percentage points at that point, but essentially like a top 10 level in all of the country. And that's just been so different um, from what we've seen year after year after year, where, you know, we took so many guys out of the portal, um, you know, at the beginning of the Norville transition, the tenure, you know, you had so many guys that in that COVID year just weren't weren't bought in, and the roster was in such influx. And and then even last year, where there was again so much roster turnover, you've got guys that were coming out of that COVID year. This is the first time that I feel like you kind of are going into a spring and into the start of the 2022 season, right? Which is the spring is the start of the 2022 season, where you're kind of going into it knowing what you've got, right? And I, there are question marks, um, but I think we at least know what maybe I'm. I think we know what the floor is on every position group. Um, wide receiver, we think the floor has been raised with the transfers coming in. But I think at worst, we know that we know what Helton is. We know what Wilson is. You know, the, the other guys that we brought in aren't going to be any worse than anybody else was last year in that group or guys that kind of contributed. And so, yeah, I think we know what to expect from every position group because there's so much more continuity this year than there has been in what since 2015, 2016, yeah. you know, to, so yeah, to start the 2016 year, I think we kind of knew what we had. So yeah, it's been five, six years since we kind of had that. And so, yeah, I think that's what makes this spring. Whereas every other spring we're going into it and we're just like, man, who is even on this team? Like who, yeah. who are these guys? You know, we're having to count on, God knows who for for whatever. And so I, I do think that that's where there's a lot more certainty. There's a lot more excitement around this. As far as guys switching positions, you know, I don't know that there's going to be a huge, huge difference made for for Gant going to linebacker. Hopefully he can kind of make some impact there, make an impact there. Um, breaks the defensive end. Newberg had talked about that for quite a while. That's that's a good one, you know, because you get Lovett and Cooper back. You can move him out to defensive end, and I think that'll be a good change. Also, moving from defensive end to, you know, or defensive tack inside to outside is much different than, you know, Carlos Williams moving from safety to running back, right? Like, it's a very, you know, like they're not like totally different positions. And so excited for that one for sure. Uh, what's the newcomer or what's the, what, you know, maybe one recruit and one, transfer that you're most you know kind of interested to see or excited to see their impact yeah i, I think for me uh winston wright is just so intriguing right he, he comes with, with a ton of production um and he, he's just a first down machine right uh, looking back i think over half of his catches went for first downs um in his career so far so uh, you know he's not just catching screen passes and not doing anything with it he, he's you know a legitimate you know, we'll see if he's a wide receiver one for us, but he's someone that I'm I'm extremely intrigued about. Um, as far as freshmen, I, I, there's not really much going that are instant impact guys, but you know, definitely Sam McCall and I'll say AJ Duffy again. I, I'm really intrigued to see how his game translates from high school to college um, because I have a feeling he might have to be the number two quarterback again. We'll see what happens with uh, Roadmaker, but definitely looking looking forward to those guys. Um, how about you, man? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me, uh, the Winston Wright's definitely up there. Jermaine, uh, Jermaine, Jared Verse, because again, yeah. that was such an impact position for you last year. What does he do? Tatum Bethune's another one. Um, 
Azariah Thomas is somebody, you know, Thomas and McCall, you know, your guys that yeah. will probably make an impact at some point from the recruiting level. Th- those are guys that I'm certainly kind of intrigued by and interested in to kind of see what they're able to do this year. Um, and so those would be kind of the ones that I'm thinking on. Caden Lyles, that's not like a super exciting one, but I, I think to me it is. <laughs> I, I, it's exciting, but I also like, I think like, I, I think he's going to do really, really well. And I don't think you're going to hear his yeah. name a lot. Which is a great thing. Good I never, thing, I don't yes. hear Kate Lyles' name on one broadcast this year, and that's not to discredit him. Like Dylan Gibbs is one of my favorite players on the yeah. team, but like I don't want to hear Caden's name at all, <laughs> right? Like you know, I want to hear Toe Phillies, and I want to hear you know Wards and, and these different guys. I don't want to hear Lyles' name one time. Uh, so not the sexiest pick to to pick an offensive line, but like you know, your your big time transfers, your big time recruits. I mean, those are obviously the guys that you kind of like have an eye on and, and want to see what happens there. Yeah, but it's not insignificant at all in my opinion because we've had at struggle at the center positions for so long just snapping the ball right Fabian Johnson is oh, not a bad heads. center but he, yeah. he can't snap in the gun so if Kate Lyles if, if he can just give me you know a 99 percent um uh, snap to the quarterback rating I'll take that because uh, thinking back even that Notre Dame game remember that last drive was killed by a bad snap mm-hmm. um so it having someone who's consistent and can do that. That's a, that's a big deal for me. So I agree with you though. He's a name you probably won't hear and that will be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, big recruiting this weekend coming up. Uh, Dane has put together a list on double You can check out um, confirmed visitors. Um, Going to be a lot of people on campus um, this weekend. So you can go check out not only his list. So go to double and you can see, that we updated every time he gets a new name on it. So it actually kind of like stays up at the top of the, of the links. You don't have to scroll back too far for it. Um, but obviously you can check out the, the guys at Knowles 247 do a great job with who is coming in and who will be at different um, different events and stuff like that. Yeah, shout out my guy Wes here, Wesley Todd. I just like your last name, Wes. So um, spring ball right around the corner. See you on the spaces. We obviously do the spaces, Josh and I, Monday through Friday. Um, so check us out there on Twitter at noon. Um but big visit weekend. A lot of people are going to be on campus. You can check out the, the guys. Like I said, Knowles 247 do a great job. Um, Dane is doing a fantastic job for us as well. I hung out with Dane this weekend. That was fun. We went to the baseball game together yesterday. We got wings yesterday. Again, I was complaining about the price of the wings, but the company the company was great. A um, little, little bit of drama. It seems like it's died off. I'm not trying to stir it back up, but wanted to talk about this. We talk about everything that happens with FSU, so I'm not going to ignore this. I'm not going to not have a take here. I start, you know, basically my my take on everything is I started this podcast so that I can get my bad takes off. So that's that's what I'm doing here today. So <laughs> so if I want to have a take on something or Richie wants to have a take on something, we're going to do it. I get, have takes on chicken tenders all the time. You can listen to the recruiting takes too. Um, oh, I was wondering what this happy birthday in here thing was. And I was like, was, was that because Vic's birthday was yesterday or what are you talking about? I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of drama on social media. Um, big picture, very high overview. If you if you did if you weren't aware of this, um, uh, so, uh, some news came out that a five star quarterback that Florida State is not in it for at all will be visiting campus next weekend on the official visit weekend with his I believe his seven on seven team or his travel ball team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not coming as an individual, but coming through with his team to visit. Um, that ended up making, you know, that's newsworthy. Anytime a five-star recruit is on campus, um, our current, uh, quarterback commit, Chris Parson, 
um, seemed to take a little bit of issue with that, ended up removing FSU football out of his bio. It's back now. I don't think we have a decommit situation coming on. He posted on his Instagram the video of, you know, uh, Leo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street, with I'm not effing leaving and stuff like that with a little, you know, kebab emoji or whatever. So, again, if you, if you weren't aware of any of that or you didn't know about any of that, you know, I don't think there's a bunch of drama like, oh, maybe you may commit, decommit or anything like that. But, um, Richie, I've got a take on this. And, I, you know, if you want me to go first, I certainly will. If not, if you want to kind of give your take on it. But uh, I don't know how much you want to say or not or how much you want me to say or not. But I kind of have what I'm going to say. But do you want to kind of give a take here? You want me to go first? Or what, what do you want to what do you want to do here? Yeah, I think it, it's intriguing, right? Because it was not, but not 20, 30 minutes after Knowles 247. Like you mentioned, we have a five-star guy coming through campus. And that that's big news, right? But the way it was worded the tweet basically says five-star QB set to check out Florida state, making it sound like, Oh, he's coming in on an individual visit. Norvell really wants this guy. I'm sure Norvell would take him if he wanted to come here, but I, I think he's got some better options right now. I, I think Florida state fans probably still have some PTSD from, you know, Nico Marchio, uh, who, uh, you know, committed early said, Hey, I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in. Then when Duffy commits, Marchio's like, ah, peace out. I'm, I'm done. So th- there's probably so, some thoughts about that. And, I don't know. High school kids, they can be, you know, they see something. I'm sure Mike Norvell's told him, hey, you're our guy, you're our guy. And then he sees something like that. So it's not unusual to get a little emotional at, at you know, 16, 17 years old, however that is. Um, it's so far, we're 10 months from the early signing day. So I, I've tried not to get too much into it. But, you know, we've lost quarterback commits that have been with us for a while, going back to, you know, Luke Altmaier, Nico Markiel. Uh, in recent years. So I, I can see why the fans would definitely be on edge, but uh, I'm interested to get your take on it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this. Uh, I, yeah. I think that Chris Parson has been very um, professional his entire um, recruitment. He's your bell cow. He's your leader. Um, you know, he should know that he's your guy. Um, but I think that um, – you know, and I'm not calling out the kid specifically, but I'll just say anytime there's a situation like this and someone's first, we're, as humans, we're emotional, right? And as young yeah. kids, people are going to be emotional. But if your first reaction, when you see something on social media, um, is to immediately... Um, take your job or your commitment or your girlfriend or whatever it is out of your Twitter bio or, you know, subtweet or, you know, I'm sure I'm guilty of this too. I mean, like I've never taken care out of my Twitter bio, but, um, you know, like, <laughs> but like if, you know, and I've never taken double prize or saw in my Twitter bio either, but like if your first reaction to do stuff it, and I, at the same time, take the somewhat with a grain of salt because we are talking about, young kids, 17, 16, 17, 18 year old kids. But if your first reaction is to subtweet people or to make comment, to remove stuff out of your bio or whatever the situation may be, I think that I, I hope that this is kind of a learning situation for, for that, for what happened that it's not a good look to do that. Subtweeting people, at any level, whether you're a recruit or a podcaster or in the media or just a fan, like it just makes you look immature. Um, you know, 
changing your bio because you're upset about you know, like removing something out of your bio. And I mean, that's what, yeah, again, that's what happened to us right on early signing day is all the stuff came off of somebody's page and they no longer were committed to FSU pretty clearly. So doing that and, and, and reacting emotionally um, and harshly is a very immature thing to do. And when you're doing, you're, when you're dealing with 16, 17 year olds, it's not surprising that a 16 or 17 year old would be yeah. immature. I think why it's surprising is because everything we had seen from that recruit prior said that he was more mature than um, his age. He had handled things better. He's your bell cow. He's your leader. Certain kids are more, more mature, less mature, whatever. And so I hope this is a learning situation for not only him, but for everyone involved, right? For anyone that's potentially kind of involved in this situation that, you know, maybe know the facts first before you just respond irrationally or immaturely. That's probably a lesson to myself too. <laughs> like I don't always respond with the coolest head. I don't really get that upset that a recruit, a 16, 17 year old kid would respond poorly to something. I kind of understand it, you know, but at the same time, it does make me kind of say like, oh, I, I kind of wish that wouldn't have happened. I kind of wish that, you know, there there would have been a little bit more thought put into it, a little bit more like, you know, because everything seems to be good now, but maybe we maybe we could have had those conversations that smoothed everything over before we acted irrationally or I think emotionally or immaturely. And that that's kind of what's frustrating to see. Again, everything seems to be good now, so I'm, I'm not worried about anything, but that is my take. I mean – and listen, this is not the first time that I think a, a 16, 17-year-old uh, acted irrationally or immaturely, and it's not the last. 16, 17-year-old kids are, by and large part, emotional, irrational, immature people because they're 16 or 17 years old, just like I was then. I obviously can look at this as a 30-plus-year-old individual and say, I wish that wouldn't have happened that way, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and like you said, my perspective. <laughs> and like you said, it, he's not the first one to do it. He won't be the last for for Florida State or any team for that matter. May not even be the last this cycle, um, f- whether it's fair or not. And it, maybe it's not to him. But as you mentioned, he's a highly ranked quarterback recruit who's the bell cow, who's been very vocal about Florida State. So uh, my concern is, man, what what do the other commits think when they see something like that? Because I'm sure he's in the group chat. Um, I guess the only thing I I would hope that he would have, you know, him and Mike Norvold had a long relationship. I hope he would have been able to, you know, send him a text or call him and say, hey, what's up with this? You know, I, here's what you've been telling me. What's going on here? And Norvell could have said, oh, listen, he's coming in with a team. He's not even, you know, on our board right now. He's just yeah, stopping we haven't even offered the on the team. Yeah. So, right. you know, it, it could have been handled differently. Hopefully, like you said, it's things are smoothed over and a learning lesson. You know, not everyone's going to be a Derwin James who gets a Florida State tattoo at 16 years old and never wavers. Um, but again, because it, it, the thing is, if this was a three-star, you know, linebacker who did that, the fan base probably doesn't care. But it's because they're really excited about this kid, um, and, and the hopes that what he can do in Tallahassee, they think that got people really freaking out. Because I, I didn't even know what was going on. I was scrolling the timeline whatever day that happened and saw a bunch of people talking about Parsons. I'm like, what's going on with that? And then uh, there's blaming um. <laughs> Uh, like no game day and they're blaming two, four, seven for making this happen. They, they just it's always someone to blame. Else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue. I, got I was good... driving. Yeah. I was driving Tallahassee. I get to Tallahassee. I, I went by Sinone's house to, you know, drink a little bourbon. Um, and uh, he's like, Hey, guess what happened at work? 
today. And I was like, I figured it was something with Newberg or something. And he was just like, no. I was like, what did Josh do? He's like, oh, no, it wasn't Josh, you know? So <laughs> anyway, no, I, I was, I had no clue either. I had, then I opened up Twitter and I had like eight DMs, like, what's up? And I was like, I've been on the road all day. Man. Like, I can't answer your questions. <laughs> but anyway, seems to be a little bit better. All right. Also on recruiting. And then we got another shout out we're going to get to now. Um, what do you think about these happy birthdays? These people are wishing recruits. Um, so I, I saw the Florida video, then the Florida state one, then Oregon did something. Just give me your take here. So uh, I did see the Florida one. I didn't see Oregon. And again, I wasn't very active yesterday on the timeline, but then I start seeing people talking about the birthday cake and like coaches being held hostage and stuff. And so eventually I come across the video, um, of Mike Norvell and, and the staff singing happy birthday with a pink princess looking cake and, I don't hate the idea of doing something and uh, for Florida state, the communications uh, sports formation has have been really good about putting out video content and things like this. This just looks second rate. <laughs> like you can hear the guy say go in the video that's posted where they just kind of scrambled. They probably ran to like one of the um, cafeterias on campus and said, Hey, I need a cake. Uh, I don't know if this is a reaction to seeing other people doing it again. I don't hate the idea because you know, we just talked about how emotional 16, 17 year olds can be. They love stuff like this. I'm sure when you have a head football coach at a major university singing you happy birthday. Oh, I hate to say it. Florida's was pretty well done. I thought, but this four state one looks, looks, it looks last minute. Like they were trying to come up with a response. I don't know. It, it's not going to land or, or lose you any recruits, but I, <laughs> I just thought it could have been better done, but I will I say Adam Fuller, that's, that's the most emotional I've seen Adam Fuller. Look, he was very enthusiastic in that. No, he got pretty emotional after some of those Jermaine sacks last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Not, give, give, give my man a little bit of a break. Um, no, I thought I thought all of it was goofy. I, yeah. I thought Florida's video was better than Florida State's. Like, I, I'm not going to argue that. Like, Florida State's did look like, I don't know. Florida, but I just think it's all goofy. Like, Nick Saban ain't doing this crap. Like, Nick Saban ain't doing this. You know, that was Kirby Brian Smart's Kelly not, level cringe. Yeah. Kirby Smart's not doing it. Even the Florida one, like that I thought was like put together well. Mm-hmm. There's, you're waving pom poms at a five star recruit that's probably not going to pick your school anyway. Yeah. For his, I just don't know. The whole thing was cringe to yeah. me. I get the birthday Again, edits. I didn't really edits is good, right? That's fine, I yeah. guess. Like, because you're, it's kind of like a, a card, right? Yeah. Like you're sending something like a, kind of a virtual card. The, the video, you're waving pom poms at this 16, 17 year old kid. Like, I don't know. I, I again, if the recruits like it, I mean that's one thing. But again, I don't see Nick Saban doing this stuff. No. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't see Kirby Smart doing this. Jimbo ain't doing this stuff. You know, even corny freaking Dabo's not doing this. Could stuff. you Ryan imagine Jay's Jimbo doing, doing something stuff? like that? If someone came up to Jimbo Could, and said, "Hey, we, this, we need you to do this," this sounds like a Dabo thing. This sounds yeah. like a corny ass exactly. Dabo thing, and it, he's it, not he, even he's doing not this doing junk. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was. I don't like it anyway. I don't like any of it. Yeah. I think recruiting's. I think it's social media. Like everything's about social media and like front for social media and yeah. all of like all the aspects of that. But I, I just, again, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's stupid. I talked with Gator fans yesterday. I actually talked with a former UF player yesterday, former national champion who I said the same thing too. Like, yeah, Florida States was probably a little worse, but they're all stupid. Like, you know, and then you had like Miami fans on the timeline, just like, dude, I hope we don't do anything. I hope we do not do something like do not be corny like this. Like, uh, you know, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it at all. 
I think that that's it's just taking recruiting to like kind of a weird place. Again, if you want to send it, it's fine. Like send a kid a test, happy birthday, like that's fine. But like, I don't know. It's just all corny to me. And like I said, I don't see Saban doing this crap, and I don't see the top recruiters in the country doing this. And so, you know, he's probably not going to any of the three schools that sent him a video yesterday. That's all no. I got to say. Yeah, it's um, it's just I don't know. And it, you're doing it, that for five star, like you're doing that for him. But are you doing that? Are you doing that every time there's a recruit? Like you doing that for all your targets or? I hope not. Yeah. I hope that I hope that was yeah. like a one-time thing. Like I don't yeah. see that anymore from any yeah. schools. I, I mean, especially not mine. Leave the yeah. corny stuff out. Just win games. Yeah. That that's how you get recruits. You want that kid? Florida wants that kid. Go ten and two this year, Florida. You'll get that kid. But they're not going to go ten and two. They're going to go six and six, and they're not going to get that kid. So, yeah, I know. think for me because I I used to follow recruiting heavy, like in high school. You know what? We I took a sports marketing class, and my receivers coach was the teacher. Man, it was rivals.com class is all that was because it was all football players who just followed the recruits and like people we're playing against. And even in college, I'm following it. You know, I'm back to following it, not super closely, but I don't know. I'm 34 years old now. So it, it's, I'm almost twice the age of, of all these recruits. I couldn't imagine singing happy birthday to someone who's, again, not even, a, not even a commit, right? It'd be one thing it's if it was weird. a commit. Even then, it's still pretty cringy. But to a kid that, you know, probably doesn't have you in your top three. I don't know about that. Again, and we talked about, like, I do think the Florida video. Okay, so here's a question. I mean, let me spin this for FSU. I feel like the Florida one was better put together, but it was also more cringy than the Florida State one. Like, the Florida State one, like, low production, low quality. Like, it definitely looked like there were some good memes going around, like, with the arms of an angel and stuff. Like, like an iPhone 3G it. camera or something. Right, it, you know. The Florida State one was less, at least to me, it was like less cringy. Like the Florida one, like they put on a full on production and they yeah. had video editors and they're waving yeah. pom poms at this kid. And I'm just like, that to me, like, I don't know, they, they all have their like, but I'm not a fan of any of it. I think it's all no. stupid. I wouldn't do any of that crap. Like I just let all that go. Like move on, just send the kid a card. Happy birthday appreciate you bro like yeah. that's all you got to do yeah it's just too much yeah the, think- the only way i could think see that is you know not cringe is maybe if he was like on campus for a visit on his birthday you maybe threw him a party yeah you yeah. surprise him with a cake yeah. yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool so but that's totally different you're just capturing at that point you're just capturing a moment you're yeah. not really like so anyway all right cool let's um let's do this i also while i was in town i, we, I went up to town we'll talk a little bit about that now um, I went up to Garnet and Gold. I want to give a shout out to Garnet and Gold. Um, family-owned business, been in Tallahassee for absolutely ever, ever. Uh, founded, family-owned and operated since the 70s. Um, I know you guys know this, but Garnet and Gold is like where you guys should be shopping for effort. Like we support local. We always talk about the, the Guthries in Tallahassee. We always shout out the boosters. Um, you know, I don't know if people know this, and I'm not trying to disparage the, I know that, you know, there's a cool, they had a cool like NIL kind of announcement, but like Fanatics was founded by Gators. Uh, Barefoot, those people are from Texas. Alumni Hall is from Tennessee. Not to disparage any of those businesses, but like shop at Garden Gold. Like shop with those people that give back to the Seminole Boosters. They've employed thousands of FSU students over the year. Um, I don't, you know, not so much anymore, but when I was like growing up and going to get like, you didn't go to a game without going by Garnet and Gold first. Whether you got something or not, like you went by Garnet and Gold. So they're part of the game day experience. Um, 
support Seminoles. We talk about that all the time on the spaces, whether we're pushing Gramco or we're pushing, you know, FSU's athletes, NIL stuff, whether it's Dylan or Jordan or just whomever. They've got three locations in Tallahassee, obviously the one right there by campus, the one up north, and then the one right across from Governor's Square Mall, and the full e-commerce. You can buy everything online that you can buy from Fanatics or anywhere else. You can get it from Garnet Gold. We're going to start kind of working with them and trying to do some giveaways and some gift cards and some different things, but I just want to let you know they're a locally owned business that I support. I shop out. I got we get stuff for my kids there all the time. Like I Every time I go to Tallahassee's care is like, don't kill the garnet and gold like on your credit card. Like, get them something, but you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars there. And I'm like, I kind of do. Like, all the kids need stuff. So, anyway, support garnet and gold, support Seminoles, support people that give back to FSU, trying to shop at like the the Gator owned businesses. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, you know, I understand, but go through garnet and gold. They're support. They, they are supporters of FSU. And so, Wanted to shout them out because I went by there this weekend. Rich, oh, you man. shopped at Garden Gold quite a bit over your life. I'm sure you oh, spent yeah. way too oh, much yeah. there. And you know, my, my wife's an Alabama fan, but anytime we go to Tallahassee, that's the first place she wants to go because she, she wants to get a new shirt for every game or, or whatever. There's you know, a vibe you know. there too. Like it's yeah. cool on game days, man. Like obviously yeah. in the off season, it's a little yeah. different, but like on game days, yeah. Garden yeah. Gold is where it's at. Yeah, and, if, and uh, listen, you're not saving any money by going to Fanatics or anything like that. It's, go to Garnet Gold. Like TJ said, they can ship it out to you. We're not in season, so you don't need it the next day, but I'm sure they could do that if, if you want it. Um, they're still recovering. Just imagine that how bad that they were hit during the pandemic um, with limited capacity and having to shut down for so long. So they, they stayed on their feet and made it through it, which a lot of small businesses did not. And it's with the yeah. support of Florida state community. So definitely go online, check it out. If you're in Tallahassee, go to the store. Um, that's the only place I'll buy Florida state gear from, unless I'm, you know, randomly see something uh, like at the PGA superstore, like an FSU logo or polo that yeah. I can't find anywhere. But if 99% of what I buy Florida state is always going to be from Garnet and gold. Yeah. Shout out Mike. Garden Gold is awesome. That's who I shop with in-store and online only. Yeah, I mean, I understand people that like Penny Pinch and like, oh, I can get this for $2 cheaper at Fanatics or this, that, and the other. But like, there's stuff that Garden Gold has cheaper. If you just shop with them all the time, it's all going to kind of even out. Um, yeah. They're very competitive as well. Like, their stuff's not. And I, I love their selection for like, okay, so if you're like me and you're washed and you've got kids, I love their selection for kids. They've always got stuff that I can get for whether, no matter the sizes, newborn all the way up to you know, got a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old now. So like, that's just, I mean, I don't even buy stuff for myself anymore. I just buy stuff for the kids, but well, last shout out. There, I got a, uh, I got a dog harness for, I was going to say, I knew dog. you were going to get like a dog. <laughs> but they, no, they have, they have a, <laughs> I was going to those Cause people, <laughs> TJ, some people do like pets and they actually have a really good pet selection too. So I'll, I'll throw they that do. out there as well. They do. It's like a whole, like there was like yeah. that front room. They got a bunch of stuff for their pets. So anyway, good stuff. Shout out garden gold. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, man. Yesterday, Friday and Saturday, yeah. See, Carol knows too. Here, shout out Garden Gold's the best. Um, um, let's do basketball first, and then we'll kind of go around the horn with uh, the weekend. Rough trip to BC. We'll just kind of skip right over that, and and we'll talk about it. But obviously, you know by now the UVA game, absolute thriller. Matthew Cleveland with a thirty-five foot prayer that is answered for the Knolls to beat Virginia yesterday at the buzzer i didn't see any of the game i was actually at the baseball game while it was going on and then i was um driving uh back uh to drop dane off i hung out with dane a little bit but um 
man, you, I'm sure you watched the game. Give us a little recap and then, um, you know, thoughts on the buzzer beater. Yeah, you know, a, a rough start to the game. Uh, Virginia got out to a pretty good lead. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the first half, Florida State started to close it a little bit. Uh, but Virginia did take a five-point lead. Um, 11 minutes left in the game. Florida State's down 11. Actually, with 327 mm. in the game, they were down 10, 56 to 46, and just went on an absolute tear. Uh, but you've all seen the shot by now, right? Harrison Prieto finds Matthew Cleveland for a catch quick turn and shoot catches it lands gets the shot off with less than a second um but Knowles win on the buzzer just a really gritty game Matthew Cleveland you know really coming around he's averaged 16 points in the three game road trip he had 16 at Duke 18 at BC or he's averaged 18 excuse me and he had 20 yesterday um so really nice consistent road stretch for Matthew Cleveland obviously the shot heard around the world yesterday Virginia's got to be sick of us going to that building oh, uh, i saw a video they, early today that showed yeah. the one from uh, ian miller i think in 2010 at the miller, buzzer yeah. the Dwayne bacon one and now this one um great win for the team and surprising i i didn't think they would i i bet virginia first half at four and a half and they covered um and then at halftime i actually bet florida state plus ten and a half and that hit easily oh, so nice. I, i've been making some money off this team th these past few games um and it was nice to have that second one you know, hit on a positive note. It makes me wish I'd taken Florida State money line at halftime because that would have been a oh, nice payout right there. Sheesh. Yeah, no, I mean, shout out to the team. I mean, they've been decimated with injuries. Yeah. Um, They, they just aren't, you know, the the team, you know, no, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. The team is just not as strong this year as they have been huh. in years past, even at full strength. And, um, you know, just a couple games left in the season. Don't anticipate them going on a run in the ACC and making the tournament, but Obviously, anything's kind of possible, but they certainly could have kind of mailed it in with how many guys are, you know, yeah. out being down late on the road against a, a team that is fighting for a, uh, um, yeah, a spot in the in they the may tournament not be anymore. May, yeah, may have just kind of, <laughs> as the announcer said, stuck a spear through that, but um, or a stake, I think he said, but I'll edit it and make it a little more FSU. But uh, yeah, shout out to the team for continuing to fight. They they. They really make you proud that, you know, when they, when you would almost accept like a, yeah, you guys want to kind of like take it off. I mean, you're down 10, way to stay in it, not get embarrassed on the road, but with three minutes left to continue to fight and find a way to even just have a chance at that last second shot. But, and then also, you know, thank God that, you know, we talked about it with Casey that FSU, that God's a Seminole fan and, and that one went in because uh, that was yeah. a, We've all been smiling about it for however long it's been, 16 so, hours. That so happened. before that shot on the season, uh, Matthew Cleveland was 5 for 31 on three-point attempts. So uh, just a shy, a hair shy of 19%, but hit one that mattered. And it was funny. I, I was telling you before the show, I was watching the wife. Uh, and when that happened, she looks at me, she's like, oh, he didn't think he was going to make that at all. <laughs> Just Nobody thought he was going to make that. <laughs> and the fact that he did, and that I love I love when players like hit a shot and they just run like they don't know what they're doing. It looked like Dustin Hopkins after that <laughs> yeah. kick against Clemson in like my, 2012. Like when he everywhere. Yeah, just, just running taken everywhere. off, not knowing where to go. Uh, really happy for the players and the team. Because, again, third game on a three-game road stretch. The first two were ugly. Uh, and to go out to Virginia, who's not the same team this year, but they, again, were a bubble team fighting. They were desperate. They needed that win, and Florida State just, oh, man. The Snatched best part it. for me, I love watching the, the shot to the fans right after he made that, where everyone just yeah. looked around like, did that really just happen? Because we've been there as Florida State fans, um, 
you know, Cam Reddish three ball at Duke. That was like, oh my goodness, we had this game one and he just beat us at the buzzer. So that, yeah. that's definitely a great win for Florida State. Again, it won't amount to any type of postseason or anything like that, but you, you take wins like that when you can and you, you got to be happy for Cleveland with, you know, his struggles, but really stepping up these past few games. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So um, I went, I was in Tallahassee. We talk a little bit about the weekend for FSU kind of go around the horn. I feel like I went around the horn while I was up there this weekend. Um, Friday night, got up there and hit the uh, FSU men's and women's tennis match. Florida state's women won four to three against Clemson and the men won as well. Um, they weren't playing the same team. It's escaping me a little bit who they were playing, but I will find it quickly. They played um, Troy. They played Troy and won four to three as well. Really good. Okay. So like really good atmosphere and environment. There were a lot of people. There were hundreds of people there. Like I was, you know, I know there was baseball going on at the same time and softball. So I was like, oh man, I don't know what kind of crowd it'll be. There were a lot of people. There were hundreds of people out there. Like I, I, I mean, I may be even kind of like lowball or whatever. Seats were filled incredible atmosphere they did like a military appreciation thing saw jen saw petra and vic who all they won their uh doubles point and then they also won um the uh both of their singles as well so shout out them i then went uh, softball won their games on friday they went two and oh i then went over to the baseball game baseball won seven nothing on friday night had a ton of fun like i said guthrie's um took care of some stuff over there at the baseball game where i was watching it um saturday got up saw that beach volleyball went two and oh they defeated a top 10 team five to nothing beach volleyball actually starts here at 1 p.m today um walked over to the the uh softball match watched that for a few minutes um shout out josie muffley who made an incredible play last year but made it another incredible play she had a triple in the bottom of the six that ended up being the game-tying run. Florida State was down to their last couple of outs, last few outs, I guess, in the sixth inning. Um, she had a triple to lead off the sixth that got Florida State back in the game, ended up scoring the game-tying run, and then had a diving backwards catch to end the game as a walk-off uh, just before Matthew Cleveland hit his game winner uh, to end that as a walk-off. So I saw um, both of those plays made the sports center top 10 and Cleveland was actually number one. So really cool. To they see both make it. FSU I, didn't know, athletes. They, I yeah. didn't know if they both made it or not. So that's awesome. I was saying that they were both two sports center top 10 worthy plays. I, I didn't catch sports center today to know if they did, but that's awesome. That's really good. Cause both those plays were phenomenal. Yeah. Her play, his play was, I get it. It's the game winner. Like if she, yeah. even if she doesn't catch it, we could probably just strike out the next person or whatever. But her play was to me like athletically more impressive than yeah. like you got to go check it out if you haven't it's on our page we shared it it's obviously on the uh, fsu softball page as well they won their second game as well to get to 15 and 0 baseball won seven to one um everybody's playing right now beach volleyball's playing right now uh trey cunningham who we had on last week got another acc championship broke okay. some records um so really really good weekend for fsu swimming and diving's playing right now i see that they've got a couple of bronze medals that they've taken uh, right now third place type stuff so really really good stuff for fsu you can check out double fries for a daily and weekly recap from mike ferguson who recaps all fsu athletics um tells you what's going on with everybody like i said women's tennis is playing right now softball has the day off after playing four games in two days but baseball is playing here in about 20 minutes uh women's basketball finishes up their season with their last game 
today on the road, I think at Pitt. Um, and then Beach Volleyball has a, a matchup against number 13 FAU, and then they play Tampa later today. So um, ton of stuff going on with FSU. I know that we're out of football season, but that, you know, spring sports are in complete full swing. Oh, golf was playing. Speaking of swing, golf was playing as well while we were up there. Um, I didn't make it out to any golf stuff just because it's so far off. Oh, it's not that far off campus, but just because it's off campus and you can't walk to it. But speaking of golf, you've got an update for us as well. Yeah, we got a couple Knowles playing down in the uh, Honda Classic at PGA National. Uh, famous for the bear trap. But Daniel Berger, I don't want to jinx him, but he, he has a massive lead. It, you don't see a, uh, PGA pros having a five-stroke lead heading into Sunday. Um, rarely, uh, you know, you'd have to go back to Tiger's heyday for that. But that's where Berger's at. He's got a uh, – he's 11-under, five-stroke lead ahead of Shane Lowry, who he'll tee off with at 130, so at 135, so just under an hour from now. Um, and Kepka didn't have a great week so far, but quietly at 14, two other through six holes today. So he has a potential for a top 10 finish. But yeah, Daniel Berger, he's at minus 450 to win, um, which is ridiculous for any individual on a Sunday. But I put an article up on Double Fries No Slaw. You could read about the bear trap, just how difficult that closing stretch is, how many balls are lost, and how high those scores can get. So as long as Berger can, uh, you know, hold on one through 14 and then the survive the bear trap. He should win his fifth PGA event today. So love seeing Knowles have success in the pros. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Like you said, Rich, you put an article up on doublefriesnoslot.com. You can keep updated there. If he wins, you got to do a, a recap, like a win. Oh yeah, for sure. Too. Yeah, so for sure. Might as well start drafting that up. I don't mind jinxing. Oh, yeah. um, shout outs. Uh, you got anything before we get out of here? Um, not today. Shout out Garnet Gold. Yeah, again, the local business. And uh, I got a nice blue basketball shirt from them or the turquoise one, which I've been wanting. So uh, I'm really excited to finally uh, pick that up. Yeah, no doubt. Um, shout out. I saw and chatted with Jen Hyde a little bit this weekend, um, head coach of the FSU women's tennis team. They're obviously competing right now against Georgia tech. Um, always great catching up with her. We talked a little bit about the team, just a little bit about, um, FSU in general. So great catching up with her. Um, Vic Allen, who was our intern and plays for them, was on here last week. Her birthday was yesterday, so shout out, Vic. And then I hung out with Harlan and Dane. Harlan's not with us today. Um, had to go to Jacksonville for a work-related thing, but uh, hung out with Harlan this weekend, hung out with Dane this weekend, so good stuff. I, I saw expensive people, chicken wings, so. right? <laughs> Buddy, I don't even talk about the price of chicken these days. So I saw but, you uh, post that. that was fun. I went to get Uber Eats yesterday. Ten wings, like $17. Anyway. It's ridiculous. And then it's you ridiculous. need the tip and service fee, so I don't – we've, we've had yeah, like 30 dollars wings yeah. yeah i know it's no i can't uber eats anymore i don't make enough money for that i have too many kids for that yeah so. especially you um but anyway shout out i had a good time in tallahassee saw a lot of people you know shout out uh oh man yeah i, I can't talk about that on there but oh i had a breeze's i had some breeze's empanadas while i was at the baseball game those things are legit if you guys yeah. don't sleep on breeze's like i said I, I actually had some people up in the uh, – well, I just had some people that I was with trying as well, and they were they were believers too. So, anyway, stay tuned for more information from Breeze's as well. Um, all right, I think that's all I got. I, I don't think we have anything popping up before uh, next week. If we do, we'll see you then, but I think we'll just be back next Sunday. Um, our yeah, wives will be happy Gold. That. Shout out Garden Gold. Shout out FSU. All the success they had this weekend. Hopefully it continues. We will see you guys next week. Until then, go Knowles.